Boundary AFLW podcast on SEN. My name is Nick Negropontis. My name is Chloe Malloy. We are here with a great show for you. I've got the AFLW rising star opposite me, but not the only <laughs> AFLW rising star who will be appearing on this show. Who else do we have, Nick? Ebony Marinoff. She, she's the first ever rising star winner. The, the most popular word in AFLW ever is the word inaugural. Inaugural, yeah. And Ebony Marinoff is the inaugural <laughs> rising star. So she will join us a bit later in the podcast to talk everything Adelaide. We've got some really cool questions for her, I'm sure. But first, before we get into that, we start every podcast. Thank you for joining us, by the way. I'm not sure if I said that. We start every podcast by asking each other some questions. And we haven't seen these questions. We sort of just fly off the cuff here. So Chloe, what you got? All right, this is a good one. Well, I mean, I think it's a good one. Who's your favourite number two, Nick? Favourite number two? Um, Well, your number two. Mm, This is taking way too long to answer. Well, I don't remember who any other number twos are. so I cannot hear the words Chloe Malloy coming out of your mouth. I'll take take Chloe Malloy. (laughs) But but by default, because I don't know any other number twos. I am twisting his wrist right now, guys. (laughs) It does hurt. (laughs) Well, that's a great start. So I'll start with another non-serious one. So Anne Hatchard was speaking recently and talked about how she's, you know, gotten in serious shape and boy, has she got in serious shape. Yeah. But she also mentioned that before, prior to this, her, um, her vice was KFC. What is your vice? <laughs> By the way, shout out to her. She is looking very, very fit. My vice would have been Guzman and Gomans. Really? The Mexican place. Yes. Interesting. I love that place. I guess that's, if you're going to have one, that's better than KFC. I and I imagine. may be guilty of still sometimes visiting. But that is only sometimes. Well, we'll cut that out, don't worry. <laughs> My next question for you. Yes. Nicholas. Well, speaking of Anne Hatchard, actually, this is another non-serious one. Actually, no, it is quite serious. So in her video that Adelaide released, she was benching 60 kilos. Jesus. What is your personal best bench press? I wouldn't even know. <laughs> Jesus. The what? bar? Uh, the bar is 20, isn't it? The bar is 20. I can definitely do that. Would it be much more than that? I don't know. <laughs> but I can lift the bar. Let's that is go a with good that. start. We'll go with the bar. What's yours? Um, mine is, actually, I did my PB yesterday. Oh, yeah. 40, I've got to add this. Not good at math. Um, <laughs> 42 and a half. 42 and a half. Yes, but then you watch Anne Hatchard bench 60 and she did it easy. <laughs> actually, I was in the gym yesterday and Nathan Buckley, Collingwood head coach, was in there. And he was benching something ridiculous. So I made sure that I waited for him to um, exit the gym before I decided to put my little burger rings on the side of the bar. Do they take all the stuff off or do they, does the next person in have to do that? So like, would you have to lift oh, off Buckley's heavy weights or? Um, I offered, but I actually couldn't lift them. So he <laughs> said, don't worry, I've got a cloak. Okay. Sarah Black released her, is releasing her top 30 on the AFL media. You came in at number 25. Are you disappointed? <laughs> I knew, I knew this was going to sneak in somewhere. I just knew it. I know you too well already. <laughs> um, nah, not at all. It, I think I appreciate her putting me even in the top 30 after missing a season. Um, and it's pretty, it is a subjective thing at the end of the day because um, you can base it off a lot of things. So my top 30 would probably look very different to yours, very different to hers. Although we'd probably have number one the same, Aaron Phillips. I think that's objective rather than subjective. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a nice um, to be recognised as still um, one of the, 
I guess, the top 30 players despite missing that season. But, yeah, hopefully this year um, that we can win a premiership as Collingwood so we can be the number one side because, yeah, footy's a team sport, so you can't worry too much about the individual accolades. I'll answer for her, yes. She she, she <laughs> believes she should be quite a bit higher. Although it was awesome to see Jamie Lambert at 22. She was, should have also been higher. That was very uh, – I really like that. That's segment. my personal opinion. Yes. Anyway. Um, actually, Jamie Lambert's a very underrated player, and that takes me into this question to you. Who is your most underrated AFLW player? Interesting. I was going to ask you that because, Ooh. see, we're on the same page. We are. I'm going to say Danielle Hardiman from North Melbourne because ah. I rated her so highly at, at Carlton, and she was, I was so frustrated when, when she uh, left for North. Yeah. I think she's one of the most reliable defenders in the comp. I don't think many people really know much about her. She should have been in the 2018 All-Australian squad. Um, so she is my answer for that question. Um, my answer, if you put that question back on me, would yes. have to be, um, although some could argue she's not underrated, but Kirsty Lamb for me, I really like her. And sometimes she goes a little bit unnoticed, um, especially because, you know, when Carney was at the dogs, but with Blackers there, yeah, I think she's my underrated player. I'm a big fan of her. Big year for her and the dogs. I mean, yeah. their midfield's taken a beating in the last few years in terms of losing players. I think she'll really step up again this year. Um, you know, that trusty left of hers. Yeah. I always expect big things from her and she hits the contest very, very hard. Speaking of the start of the season, you've got West Coast in round one. How do you prepare for a team that you've never played before and most of their players you don't really know much about? That is a very, very good thing. And you've actually put me on the spot because I didn't even think about it. This is um, what I do. I know. You've, you've stumped me. But it helps that um, we have in place practice matches and match sim. Um, and look, they actually have, we get the footage from that. So we will be able to scout some of it. But I think with round one um, and just with what we've gone through probably the last, you know, the last couple of seasons is that it's more, yes, we want to focus on what they're doing. Um, but ultimately it's the same for them. Um, I mean, they don't, we're kind of a fresh side, so I don't really know what to expect from us either. So it can go both ways. But, yeah, it's kind of we just want to focus on um, what we can, can do. And if we can... Um, execute our game structure, then I think we'll be a pretty unstoppable side. So it's more so just, yeah, doing what we can do and control what we can control. I mean, we'll we'll get that footage from the practice matches and the match team and we'll take what from what we need from that. But, yeah, ultimately it's just focusing on the pies. Fair enough. I mean, it's hard because it's not just you guys. No one has really seen what they can do yet or where their players are going to line up or who's going to be important for them. Well, it's the same as Gold Coast because... Yeah. They haven't, like, no one's seen them either. So for them, I would be excited if I was West Coast and Gold Coast because you're kind of the unknown, mm. so. It's almost, you would rather not play them in round one, wouldn't you? You'd rather see what they've got first? Yeah, oh, no, I think you would um, because they haven't been a team that's come together. Mm. Um, so it's kind of the first time that West Coast, all those players have played with each other. So, you know, you'd kind of think that they're still, you know, getting used to each other and getting used to playing with each other, whereas... Um, we've kind of held a list for the past, since last year, we've got a lot of the same girls, although fresh faces and structures and things like that. Um, but yeah, they've kind of just come together. So you'd think it might take them a little bit to warm up, but, um, I've no doubt they're, they're pretty ready for round one as much as we are. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm very ready to, to face them. I don't, I couldn't, doesn't matter if they've been in for one year, two years, three years. Bring it on. I know you're personally excited because you haven't played in a year, so. <laughs> no, I'm very pumped and I'm struggling to sit still actually speaking <laughs> about round one. These chairs are not that comfortable. So. <laughs> My next one for you. If you had the power to set the season out 
just because we are heading into the season. If you had the power to organise the fixture and how it would look, Ooh. how would you do it? In terms of who plays who? Who plays who, how, the amount of games, when the games are. Oh. In, in a quick, yep. in a brief, yep. as brief as you can. I know you could go on this for ages. Yeah, this is one of my uh, one of my beefs with, with the competition as it is. I genuinely believe that there should be a situation where every team plays each other once. I don't know whether that's you know possible or not or whether, why they choose not to, but that's why that's what I feel like a fair competition should do. You don't see that in the NFL and the NBA or in the NFL because there's 30 teams and you physically can't play 30 games of NFL because people will get seriously hurt. Yeah. AFLW, AFL in footy footy in general is a sport where you can do that. So I see no reason why you can't have a 13 game uh, season with three weeks of finals. I think the, the final structure looks good this year. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be putting the expansion teams against each other. I don't think, I think it was a mistake the North and Geelong didn't play each other last year because I would have really liked to see two teams built from scratch playing each other. So yep. it's good that Richmond and St Kilda do this year as a, as a start seeing the two Victorian teams who built from the same, same blueprint, basically mm-hmm. see what they can do. Um, I would be, probably keeping the formula that worked with Carlton and Collingwood opening the season. Yep. I can understand why they wanted to put Richmond in there, sort of matching it with the men's season. But yeah, that's probably what I would do. I I would make sure every team plays each other once, so you have a fair competition, where you don't have a situation where Geelong makes the finals last year with a percentage of 65. Yes. Which is a bit awkward. (laughs) Um, Would you put it against the men's season as curtain raisers? Similar to the bushfire, you know, Melbourne v Collingwood, where the curtain raiser... For the all-star game, would you have curtain raises? I think so. I think I would start, if in a perfect world, I'd start the women's footy season in the middle of the men's season so that it can come in fresh. You can come in as a new thing in the middle of the men's season when people are starting to get a bit bored. Start it in the buy rounds so it can have some free air and then finish it in the week before uh, the uh, round 23 buy. Sorry, the week of the round 23 buy. Yep. So you have your grand final then. You can even have like an all-stars game then and just dominate that week. And then we move into the men's finals. That's probably how I would do it off the top of my head. That's pretty well. You kept that pretty short, actually. Well, I did my best. <laughs> I've got a question for you that's an actual question rather than a question. That's question. an actual question. Which Richmond recruit has kicked the most goals in their career so far? Bernardi, Brennan, uh, Frederick. Which one do you reckon oh. has kicked the most goals? Well, Brennan suffered injuries, mm-hmm. so I don't think it'd be Brennan. Bernardi was our leading goal kicker, but... I'm going to go with Sabs. I think Sabs is the one who's kicked the most goals. It's actually Bernardi. Really? How much by? She's kicked 18, and the other two have both kicked 15. Oh, you that, was a, that was a trick. Brennan's done well to kick 15, considering she missed a, a fair amount of games. Absolutely. But it's just another little thing how I think Christina Bernardi flies under the radar a bit as one of those 18 goals. key signings over the, over the off-season. Yeah, apologies. Well, she actually just um, was announced as their leadership. Yeah. So Katie Brennan is the captain of is Richmond. The skipper. Yep. I don't think that one was quite a shock to anyone. No. I kind of saw that coming. Um, but yeah, there you go. 15, 18. Who, who's kicked the most goals in AFLW? Do you know? Um, I think it's Vessio. I think. I don't. Because she had a stellar first, first season. Yeah. I, I think because there's been so much drop off after every season yeah. in terms of who's kicked goals. They've sort of dropped away. Yep. Might be Wushner. She's been pretty consistent yeah, across okay. the three years. I'll have to look that up, but obviously we can't because... There's no stats because oh yes, that will be that a, issue still. I'm going to mention that every podcast until it comes back. <laughs> I've got another quick one for you. Yes, hit me. Um, 
You've got a match simulation style thing on the weekend. Yes, it's joint training. Joint training. And then you've got practice matches after that. How do you how do you hype yourself up for those kind of things? And are you do you have any nerves going into them, knowing that they're just practice matches? Definitely nerves still. Um, I think the hype happens itself, just because it's the first time that we can actually play against a team that doesn't know what we're doing, because we play against each other. But um, as a team, we all know what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. Um, so the hype just builds itself, um, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a. Sort of like a kind of like game structure, um, but ultimately we will play as many quarters as we need to. And um, the coaches will talk to each other. And um, we did it last season where they set up certain scenarios. So um, it'd be really awesome to practice against a team um, like North Melbourne, who actually I think are going to be quite a strong team this year. So it'd be nice just to see where we're kind of heading, how we're going. Definitely still get nervous um, because we're treating it like a game. So we've we've been sent, um, you know, a, a game day structure and, and a timeline. So it's treated like a game as much as it's just a, a match simulation. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped and the girls are too. And, it, yeah, I really like that they've introduced um, these match sim and practice matches because the season is so short. Um, and, unfortunately, if you start the season off, you know, quite slow – then you don't really have time to turn it around. So this gives uh, all the teams an opportunity to have, you know, two games as such under the belt already before heading into the season. It's like the JLT or Marsh or whatever they're calling it now, the preseason stuff. Yeah, so it's good. You can, you know, figure out what you need to get better at, figure out what's working well, you know, if anything, some last-minute changes. So yeah, it's a very good uh, initiation by the AFL. So where can Pies fans see you on the weekend? Is it open to people? Or? Yeah, so we're having an open joint training session. I like It's so sneaky, the term open joint training session. <laughs> um, we're down at Arden Street and the game starts at uh, 10.30. I have one more question. And of course, it's about your beloved Blues because oh, no. we all know you're a diehard fan. Yep. You do love your Blues. Um, so... I reckon quite an easy question. Who will have a breakout season for your Blue Baggers? Um, I was considering doing an article on this, one from every club. Carlton was hard. Um, I think a lot of the players broke out last year, which is why this is hard, and they've brought back basically the same list. Brianne Moody really excites me, I think. I don't know whether she'll take over. I know she was mostly the number one ruck last year with Al Downey in there as well. But I know a lot of people at the club who think that she could just be anything like in terms of playing anywhere on the ground. And there were a few times last year where she broke away from packs, took a couple of bounces, kicked forward, and it didn't quite come off. Maybe this is the year where it does. If yep. she, The Blues need someone in that midfield group to break out, I think, with obviously losing Davey. They need someone to stand up. And I'll go with I'll go with Bree Moody. Nice. That's a good answer. Because so I like her. I'm a big fan of her, actually. I mean, she's, she's still quite young and still quite raw as most ruck prospects But that's the best are. thing about yeah. it is that she's already impressing and she is still young. So, you know, keep that growth mindset and she could be, yeah, a real um, pest on the field as a ruck I've got, and a forward. I've got one more for you and then we'll bring in uh, Ebony Marinoff. Hit me. Are lists of 30 sustainable for AFLW clubs? What do you think? As a club that went through so many injuries last year. Yeah, I guess it's just... Um, I guess what end of the sticky cop, like for example, Melbourne right now, they're kind of... They're down to 26 fit players. Yeah. So um, I think the, it's a tough question, isn't it? Um, it's pretty like you lose yeah, you, just, you lose four players and you're down to your emergencies and one other. Yeah. 
I think you could expand beyond 30, but then again, we didn't, we, we talk about um, expansion teams and that we don't have enough, you know, talent out there mm. um, nationwide to, to fill another team. So if you talk about expanding teams and in terms of expanding the list, it just depends on, I guess, what end of the stick um, you caught. We, with Collingwood, um, we probably would have loved to have more um, players on the list. Um, and Melbourne this year, you know, they've just had two ACLs and Jacob Jacobson, unfortunately, can't play this season um, for, for career purposes. So, yeah, uh, I think it wouldn't harm to possibly expand the list by a few players um, because what, Melbourne have got how many? They've got 26. 26. And is, if they drop, if three players happen to drop, that's when they... Yeah, so you can't get any replacement players until there's 23 left, yeah. which I think is insane. Why would you let clubs go to the brink of not being able to field a team before you allow them to add players? Yeah, well, yeah, I totally agree with what, the point you just made then because get down to it and now it's, we're in a crisis so now we need another players. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think expanding it by a couple of players wouldn't hurt at all and even bringing that number from 23 to, you know, maybe right now Melbourne 26 because it affects training as well when it you would. don't have the amount of numbers um, to get out there and and. and you know, have enough plays in a drill that is suffice and you can get as much as you can out of training because you're lacking numbers. And then if someone's got a niggle, they kind of like, oh, we don't really have the numbers, so I don't really want to sit out. And then that niggle turns into an injury and bang, there's another player down. Yeah, which puts so much pressure on those those players. And there's going to be niggles. That's how sports works. Yes. So anyway, well, that's one to watch, I think, over the season as it develops how the D's go, how other teams go. It's been a sort of a sleeper issue, I think, since the uh, inaugural season when Carlton needed a couple of additional players and sort of dropped off because they had so many injuries. Yep. And then obviously you guys last year, and it hit you guys pretty hard, obviously. Yeah, now Melbourne are the now ones Melbourne. copying it. Anyway, so that's enough for our, our questions. We're going to bring in Adelaide star Ebony Marinoff. Inaugural rising star winner. Inaugural, word I still can't spell. Let's, let's, uh, let's bring her in. And we're joined now by AFLW Rising Star, as we've mentioned four times, the inaugural Rising Star, um, the only one before you, Chloe. We've got (laughs) 66.66% of all AFLW Rising Stars here with us. Ebony, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries, Noffy. Um, First question, just an easy one. Um, How are you going out on the track? Um, Things going well for you and and the Crows? Yeah, no, we're really good. Um, We've kind of come back from the Christmas break we didn't have too long we only had about nine days so yeah we're all fit and ready to go um just easing our way over the next fortnight with all the trial games and and management making sure that we're you know ready to go and we got to head up to Brisbane for round one but now we're all tracking along nicely um not too many injuries other than our ACL club which is (laughs) which is nice um but yeah, no, nah, it's been it's been awesome, and the girls are all really fit. And yeah, I guess another season under docs, another preseason under docs, also been um, yeah really enjoyable. So you've got yeah, you mentioned the, the ACL club. How are how are Erin and Chloe doing in terms of coming back from their knees? Yeah, um, they're tracking uh, really nicely actually. Chloe um, has been in a bit of training um, after Christmas, which has been nice because she's really talented, as you probably are both aware. Yeah, very. Um, uh, yeah, she's also going well. It's a little bit different with her. She obviously had that clean out um, before Christmas, so um, she's just tracking 
uh, as per she should be. Um, she didn't really train too much across her three seasons, given the fact that she's played a lot of basketball and her knees haven't always have been in her favour. So <laughs> her rehab's a little bit different to everyone else's. But, yeah, no, they're, they're tracking nicely. Uh, I think it's seven, seven to nine months rehab for our Hannah Martin. And then, yeah, you've got Chloe and Slip kind of tracking along. And then we've also got Ree Metcalf, who people kind of yeah. tend to forget about. And she did her right. yeah. ACL last year in our pre-season match. So she's nearly coming up 12 months. But given the fact that she's a bit of a... Taller, taller athlete. They're they're a little bit uh, different to our to our Flip and Chloe. So, but they're all tracking along. Um, you can't really put a timeline on it, um, given the fact with the change direction that comes in over the next, you know, two to four weeks. But yeah, we'll definitely see them out there in 2020. What round? Not sure. <laughs> well, it'll be pretty handy to get them back. Erin, um, in particular, do you reckon because of the knee injury, she's going to spend more time forward this year? Um, as as less of a midfield role or will she be sort of back to back to normal by, by the time she comes back? Um, when Flip comes back, yes, yeah, she won't allow herself to come back if she's not um, fully fit, fully feeling good. So I wouldn't say I think she'll just play the role that she's she's played um, in previous years. In saying that, Flip, obviously she, you know, might be back for round one, might not, but she's fitter and stronger than she ever has been before, which is really quite scary. Um, oh, geez. That is had, really scary. <laughs> yeah. She had a really um, intense six months over in the States um, at her, I think it's NJ Performance um, Academies or whatnot. Yeah, and when we saw her, when I saw her, um, when she came grand final week, I was like, how does someone look like that when you're <laughs> literally six months post-ACL? So, yeah, she obviously had time to, I guess, she had big quads last year and, and, and the year before, but because of her knee, she was able to trim them down. So she's so much lighter and faster on her feet. Yes, so it's quite scary, but we'll see her back and firing soon enough. Yeah, she's definitely a damaging player. And like you said, she could really go anywhere and um, make an impact. But um, question for you, Noffy, um, about you. What are we expecting um, from the Nofstar in 2020? Um, well, I'll probably be staying in the midfield, won't be popping back and <laughs> taking Randall's spot, that's for sure. But, um, no, nah, I've I've had a really good pre-season, been able to, yeah, I'm the fittest I've ever been, um, been working really hard with Andrew McLeod, which is pretty nice to have someone like him, um, you know, at training every week and around stoppages um, and things like that, just with footwork and and just kicking um, through the ball a bit more through, through the forward. So hopefully I'll kick a few goals. That's probably my main goal. Um, this year, just adding that to my my midfield game, the best midfielders in the game kick goals. So hopefully to just get a couple more goals and just continuing, um, you know, my midfield craft. But nah, I'm excited to see how our youngsters go coming through. Given the fact that Flip and Chloe might not be there yeah. at the start of the season, um, yeah, I'm excited to see likes of Danielle Ponter and Eloise Jones that potentially might throw, roll through the midfield with Hatchina. So, yeah. Mm. They definitely left a good impact, those two players that you mentioned um, on the last game that um, people saw them play, which was the grand final. Um, yeah, I really enjoy Ponter and Jones, actually. Yeah. And Nick's shaking Ponter's, his head, um, Noffy, because he's a Carlton fan. So. Yeah, we don't talk about the grand final. <laughs> Um, Danielle Ponter, yes, this is actually her first year. She moved down to Adelaide for our pre-season. So just imagine Danielle Ponter with a pre-season with players that she's never done before. So she's the fittest and slimmest she's ever been. So I will be very excited to be watching her this year. Wow. Yeah, definitely. You've got Ruth Wallace there as well too. So you've got 
you got a, a new a dynamic forward line there, haven't you? Yep, yep. You put Reese and DP in those mixes. Um, yeah, that could be pretty damaging, couldn't they? Oh yeah. You mentioned uh, the the young, fresh, new players. How's uh, how's Courtney Gum going? Yeah, Gummo's going really good. Um, I guess you know, given the fact that we've got you know Flip and Randall potentially, you know, Randall out for the whole season and Flip unknown. Just having that experience head um, out in the training track's been so beneficial to us. Um, I was super excited to get to get Gummo and and get the phone call from Doc. We actually. Um, well, she tagged me when we played them last year and she got a bit lippy and I think she she may have said something that she probably didn't want to and when Doc gave her the call, she actually said, I think you might need to talk to Noffy and see if it's okay if I jump on your list. But um, yeah, no, as soon as Doc gave me that call, I was yeah super excited because we were obviously, you know, fortunate enough to play against her and you want to play against the best players but you also want to play with the best players. Yeah, and she's been awesome on the track um you'll probably see her in the midfield forward just as like she has been at Giants and she's feeling really good and in a really good headspace obviously it was a little bit challenging for her over in Sydney in that last year when she had to have her partner and, and buzz her little boy over so I think she's feeling really comfortable being at home um and yet yeah, killing the training track so excited to have another experience head on the field with us that's for sure yeah it is she's a very exciting player and to see you two link up would be pretty cool to see um, do you yep. think your Crows could go back to back premierships? Probably a silly question because I know your answer. Yeah. Well, um, well, we're really, really, you know, striving to obviously get ultimate success. And it's funny, I obviously love winning premierships, and that's why we play. And I don't really think of the fact of back to back because another premiership is is what I want to call it, not back to back. You know, yep. I like the just win a premiership. Um, obviously, we probably won't be full strength um, at, the, at the start of the season and things like that. But, oh, I'm really excited to see what our young girls can do and get that momentum. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how all the other teams go. But I think we'll be pretty strong, um, hopefully. But, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But we're tracking, yeah, really well. Um, Doc's really happy with how everyone's progressing. But it, it's all a bit unknown. I think we're playing three expansion teams in Gold Coast, St Kilda and Richmond. So, yeah, we haven't played three of the teams out of our eight rounds, so it should be interesting. But, no, I'm looking forward to the season. Very interesting. Um, and Hatchard. I mean, there's a lot of talk about her in the moment. She's getting a lot of, of preseason buzz. Chloe's jealous that she can uh, bench 60 kilos. Um, she also... <laughs> She also mentioned that one of her uh, vices before being able to... I've already asked this question to Chloe, and she said... Um, sorry, I'll ask you the question first, of course. Um, she said that one of her vices was KFC. Chloe has said that hers was Guzman and Gomez. Mexican, yeah. What's yours? What's your, what's, what's your, uh, your guilty food pleasure? <laughs> we asked the hard questions, I told you. Oh, see, I love chocolate. Like yep. chocolate brownies, chocolate mud cake. <laughs> Um, like mean vanilla slice, like sweet tooth. I'm massive sweet tooth. Um, that's probably, yeah, that's probably what I want. Like if if I if I you know we win and whatnot, I'll I'll have a nice like walnut chocolate brownie. Um, but I I like good food. Like I'm a big foodie, so going to get like a Big Mac or like you know McDonald's after a game isn't what I'd want. I'd like want a really good pasta or seafood or something, but sweet tooth all round. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth as well. Does um, Hatchard cop it with all the media? Has she copped a lot of fines at the club lately with all the media attention that she's getting? No. Well, it's funny. We, like, 
she's got guns and we're like, if you got it, flaunt her. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, she's she's pretty level-headed. And, and Hatchie and I are, are, are probably the same in that we just, you know, go about our business um, and we work really well together on the track and it's super exciting to work with someone um, like Hatchie and, and when you can link up with her. But at the end of the day, you, you train hard and, and you get fitter and you get stronger to benefit your team because, you know, it's not relying on, you know, five or so players but you know if, if you know that you can get better and help the team and get the ultimate success that's, that's what you're going to do as an athlete and so I felt like we've done over the past three years um, and then it's just being able to I guess actually take that feedback you know two years ago and go how good do I want to be like mm. how good do I want to be for this team like how much success do I want to get with this team um, and that's probably what we drive as a as a team and as a footy club that you can't just sit around doing nothing. You gotta you gotta work hard because that's what your teammates need you to do, and yeah. that's what we do. I've got one I've always wanted to ask you, Ebony. Um, the 2016 Grand Final. I was watching that uh, live, and I noticed something strange. So I went back and watched the replay and and got my video camera out. Did you slip on the stage and swear in front of uh, the kid? <laughs> that was twenty. Was that 2017? Twenty. Yeah. The first one. You yeah, won so like, many. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty Um oh, probably. Probably. God. <laughs> that was a that was a blur. People asked me about that one and that was because I think we were down I think oh, we were up, sorry, by only a few points and it was obviously um, you know, there's been talk if Flip was holding the ball and whatnot because it was in um Lions forward forward fifty. But now nah, that that was all a blur that game. This one this year last year, sorry, was <laughs> was a bit more I can remember moments um but now nah, that was yeah probably uh, probably I'll, right I'll probably send you more. the video because I've still got it somewhere buried on my phone so we'll we'll go over it and confirm whether that actually happened such a noffy thing right. <laughs> such a noffy no. thing <laughs> Um, yeah. Before we let you go, Ebony, so as we as I said, we've got two of the three uh, rising stars <laughs> here. Do you guys play each other this year? You're not in the same conference. No, no, we don't actually no, play each other. No, we don't play. We don't play Collingwood, Melbourne, Frio, or West Coast. Jeez, you get that's maybe all we over, might play each other. We'll have to wait. We will. And see. We will see. Yeah, I was going to ask who um, who would take the chocolates in in that matchup. But... Well, we'll see. We'll both. I'll play straight back. We'll, we'll have to see. What well, comes I'll give around. it to them. I think Collingwood are going to be very strong with the inclusions of Chloe, yourself, and Bree Davy. I'm actually really excited to see how they go. Oh, I appreciate so that. I Matthew. think they'll be, I think they'll be the one of the most improved teams. Two big ins. You don't rely on 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 the big players, but they definitely get the job done on game day. I feel. Bless you, bless your cotton socks. Um, actually, do you remember Noffy? Speaking of rising stars, do you remember? In, I think it was 2018, you were in the toilets and you were practising your announcement oh. of the rising star. <laughs> and I walked I in. I got you so nervous. <laughs> so I was funny. like, Conti or Chloe? <laughs> so I actually, Noffy, I went to the toilet um, at the AFLW Awards and Noffy was in there practising and she, I remember reading the line and out of all the names she could have said after, I reckon you probably just practised Mon Conti and I walked in and I hear and the 2018 AFLW Rising Star, NAB Rising Star Award winner is Chloe Malloy and I'd walked in just at that time. Oh, it was. Just, I'm glad you still remember it. It was very quite funny. Yeah, no. Nah. Very funny. So and you- I actually, it was funny because when we had the, like, you know how you had the pre-recording yeah. earlier on in the morning, they wouldn't tell me. They're like, we're not telling you. We're not telling you. You tell someone to flip out. And then look what happened. I actually didn't even know, and I still called it out. Announced it before it was um, officially announced. Did you have to do any prep hey. for Presparkus? Um, oh, yeah, I had to get Presparkus right. That's yeah. a, quite a hard name to get up.
It's actually quite nervous going out there and announcing someone. Who do you reckon is going to be the rising star this year? Ooh. That's a good question. What, you... what are who do I reckon? I just hit you with a question. I think you're meant to be asking questions. Oh, no, that's really good that. by you. You can do whatever you want on this podcast, this, haven't you? This is you practicing your media skills. Who's going to be? Um, I think Lucy McAvoy will have a good season. Um, but I think um, typical number one draft pick. Um, Gabby Newton um, will come into it. Yeah, I can just see her having Start a with Gabby good Newton? Yeah, um, oh, you, you're questioning me. Yeah, I'm going to lock Gabby Newton in. Good. Oh, I'm going to lock Lucy McAvoy in. Ooh. Nick? Ooh. Oh, I said Lucy last week, so I'll back I'll back Lucy. Oh, I've gone different. I'm the black sheep here. Yeah. I don't, I, mind that. I, I don't, think, I don't think Maddie's going to have many issues pronouncing either one of those names, though, yeah, so no. she'll, she'll be okay. Um, yes, but thank you for turning the questions back on us, Noffy. You have caught us off guard, um, but thank you for taking <laughs> the time and um, taking the time out of doing your washing as we interrupt, rudely interrupted you, um, but very excited to see what your crows can, girls can do and, yeah, another season for you and I have no doubt that you will shine once again and probably break some more records um, like you do. It's just a casual thing for you, but um, all the best for your practice matches and match sim and um, if I'll see you on the field, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Nuffy. And so that was Ebony Marinoff, Adelaide Star, joining us. Always, always a pleasure talking to her. And before we wrap up today's show, um, we're going to talk through some of your questions. Chloe's put it out on Instagram again. We've got some from, from last week as well that we didn't get time for. But before we get to that, make sure you're tuning in to Women's Footy, which returns to Channel 9 on February 9th, Sunday mornings with Bianca Chatfield and Lauren Wood. The best AFLW analysis on TV. Make sure you're tuning in. So, question time, Chloe. Have you got any any good ones from um, from the people out there on Instagram? Yes, there was actually um, quite a good one from. There was quite a good one from Chris Paduanu. I cannot say his last name properly. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris Paduanu. Um, he's a lifelong fan of Richmond. I feel sorry for you. No, I don't actually because they're quite a good team in the AFLM. And he is a three-year fan of Melbourne in the AFLW. Is he obligated to shift or to stay? That's a really good question. I'm, I'm, I really don't know. If Carlton didn't have an AFLW team, I probably would have just been neutral until they got one. But he's made the commitment to join the Melbourne team. Yeah, he said three years a Melbourne mm. AFLW supporter. I don't know whether you, you – we don't have a proper answer for that, I don't think. I think you need to you need to feel it. Do Melbourne? I wonder if Melbourne and Richmond – play each other they're not in the same conference so I don't know whether they would he'll be torn Chris would be torn yeah so you want if they do play you won't know until that game and then you'll <laughs> that, you'll that, feel it get back to us Chris so when I put the uh poll out on that day or if they end up versing each other or when they verse each other you're gonna have to let us know how how you went if you're gonna stay as Richmond in the AFLM and Melbourne in the AFLW, or if you're going to convert to Richmond and be a one-eyed Richmond fan. Unfortunately, they don't play against each other. They don't. But obviously, they do. They will both be playing. So let us know which one you gravitate towards, Chris. But I actually think he's committed. He's three years with AFLW Melbourne. Well, He he can't go back now. Well, if that's what you're saying, then I guess he can't go back. I guess he has to be a Dees fan. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. I've just just answered your question, actually. I like this one from uh, Zoe. What is your best advice for someone who wants to be an AFLW player? My best advice, if you aren't already, if you aren't already in a NAB League team or um, trials for a NAB League team, um, then I would highly recommend that as that's kind of the starting point to that elite pathway. So get yourself 
out there, get yourself into that um, elite program at the start and sorry, that elite pathway and, and just work your way up um, to the AFRW. And yeah, they, the NAB league that they've got is a really good starter and you're seeing some quality talent come out of that um, system right now. So I would definitely sign yourself up for a team, um, Calder Cannons, if if you're out that way. I was a Calder Cannons player. Um, but, yeah, definitely start getting yourself um, in the right, I guess, path to, to be able to get to the AFRW. You can definitely do it other ways. Um, if you are someone older, going to the VFRW um, and playing in a, in a aligned team with an AFRW team already, um, definitely that. It's just getting your name out there and, yeah, trying to get to that ultimate goal of AFRW. I really like this question. Collingwood Natan. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Like, I'm getting all the names that I can't pronounce. This is <laughs> not fair. I just wrote the first These name. These are Zoe. Yeah. Well, the first name he would be Collingwood. Um, what do you say to people that doubt AFRW and women in sport? And Nick, you'd probably cop questions as well because you are someone who writes for the AFRW and you're a big advocate for it. What do you say to the people? I say that if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. I, I hate the idea that people say, oh, it's being forced down our throats. No, it's not. You're just choosing to engage with it and you're choosing to go out of your way to insult and attack people who are just trying to do what guys have been allowed to do for 100 years. So I would say to them, just if you don't like it, leave it alone. I don't comment on soccer posts or rugby posts saying, hey, oh, this is stupid. Why does this sport exist? No, I just don't engage with it because I don't want to. Why do people? Why are people so attacked by the idea of women playing sport? That doesn't click in my head. What, what about you? What do you think? Well, you answered that perfectly. Like, if you don't want to watch it or hear about it, don't follow the social media accounts. Don't turn the TV on to the channel. Yeah, it's a very, I guess, a very easy answer and straight back to them is just don't watch it. Like, if you you're clearly commenting on it because you you care in some capacity. Um, yeah, and if you know what, if you doubt us, just just watch us just prove watch. you wrong. I've got a, a light, bit of a lighter one from uh, Stacey. Can you make pancakes? <laughs> Stacey Masterist. <laughs> That's definitely a stitch up. Is, um, oh, is it? A, I just thought it was a genuine no, question. No, it is a stitch up. So I, yes. Is there yes. a story here? <laughs> um, I was doing some recording with Jack Rewalt for his series, Jack in the Pack, and I was making pancakes with Libby Birch and I had to share the post. And so she thought it was funny to ask me if I could make pancakes because I had to post a video on my Instagram of me making pancakes. Well, you've avoided the question so far. <laughs> I thought I did well to avoid it. Please answer the question. Um, yes. You know what? Yes, I can. I make ripper pancakes. So mm, beat that. <laughs> <laughs> I have one from Kiani. Kiani.Russell. This is more a question towards me. Go for it. Who's the most crazy player or the one teammate that gets overexcited at the club. <laughs> I would like to say Jamie Lambert, but she is far from that. Who gets overexcited? Shani Layton, actually. And funny enough, because we had our club photo shoot, and Michael Wilson came down, um, excellent photographer, and he said to Shani, just I need a 20-second celebration just so I can get some mac and shots. And she went off her nutter. Um, and if you actually look at her Instagram, the photo is quite good it's a very very good action shot um looks very muscular but it was she was going off and this was in front of people as well but she's just got no shame um i would have to say shani 
Shani's the overexcited one. Oh, I mentioned her name a lot in this podcast. This is a pro Shani podcast, as we this mentioned before. This is a very pro Shani podcast. I'll quickly answer this one from Shoei. Who would win an AFLW State of Origin game? Victoria, because the last time they did it, they won by 100 points, and I doubt yes. anything has changed in a year. That was a very, very uh, one-sided game that unfortunately didn't catch on because I think it was so one-sided. Yeah, Victoria versus Allies, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was... It was very... Yes, very, I think Victoria would once again take they, that out. They kicked, but the, they kicked 100 points. Bring that back. Yeah. That would be awesome to see. Imagine that. That would be so cool. See Malloy at centre half forward? Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I've got a good one here from Stan. Who will be the leading goal kicker for each team? Oh, my God. I was just about to read that one out to you. Well, I've, I've gone and done it, but of course. <laughs> give, give, me your, give me your Collingwood um, Of course he has. Collingwood our choice before we go on. Who will be our leading goal kicker? I think Sarah Darcy. For us, Interesting. Be our leading goal kicker. I had, but I had Lambert down here. Sorry, go on. Lambert. Oh, that's that. She's from the like out of the midfield. Well, didn't she lead the VFLW? She, yeah, she did. I say that, and then I'm like, well, she did just take out the <laughs> VFLW. Sorry, go on about Darcy. Uh, I think Sarah Darcy for us. But in saying that, our forward line's quite dynamic, so the goals can kind of come from anywhere. So I, my prediction, if I'm looking into a crystal ball, is that our goals will be um, widely shared across all our forwards and and midfielders too, because. You know, we want to be attacking midfielders, and Noffy mentioned it. Um, adding scoreboard pressure to your midfield game is massive. So, yeah, actually, I would, I'd say Sarah Darcy. If I it was um, a betting person, I'd put money on that. But I think the goals will be quite um, shared across the midfield and the forward line. And we might even have a back line. Imagine back line are coming kicking a goal. <laughs> actually, I did that in the Western Bulldogs game. <laughs> I kicked the goal down in Maui, I think it was. Kicked the goal, but then... You don't get time to celebrate because you've got to run you all the way sprinkle, back to the yeah. end of the back line. But so, each other team. So Ma- Blues, well, I'll track it back on you, Blues. Blues, I've got Taylor. I think she would have won the competition's goal kicking last year had she kicked accurately. Um, I can still see her running into an open goal hitting the post in Geelong, which was... We won't bring that up to her. No, because it's funny though. If she kicks that goal, then Carlton is the only team in, AF- in Conference B that has more than two wins. And the conference system looks even worse if, if you think only, about it that way. If only... Adelaide have got Stevie Lee. I mean, she just did it. I don't see why. But then again, we just heard about Danielle Ponta. Ponta. I would have said Ponta, actually. And she's, Ponta for them. I've been all in on Danielle Ponta, so I probably should back her in again. Brisbane, they've lost a lot of their key forwards, so I'd, I'll say uh, Wushner. I think yeah, I'd she, stick with Wushner. She's the, the clear choice there. I agree with you. Fremantle, I'm going with Roxy Roo. Roxy Roo. Yeah, I like saying that name. First round pick. Um, obviously, they've got a good four line there with uh, Gemma Houghton, who made the Australian team. I think I think Roxy will have a big impact early for them. Geelong, I've got Phoebe McWilliams. I think she had a slightly down year last year, but she is one of the competition's best forwards. Don't don't sleep on her. GWS is hard. Um, I've got uh, Bonner at this stage. Yvonne Bonner. Yep. Um, just in the Barclay back for them is big. That's a, a big uh, inclusion for them. Gold Coast, who knows? I'll, I'll say Jamie Stanton out through the midfield, um, kicking a few goals again. This is where you get to see. Get to see them. I've been told the unknown. Kalinda Haworth is a pretty talented uh, forward. Very fast. Where's a helmet? I'm pretty sure. Yep. Well, she'll stand out there. These, <laughs> I think Cunningham will uh, retain her her title there with them. The Tigers, they've got the big three. Um, yes. I'm going to back history and say Bernardi. You She's kicking more. I I don't know whether Ber- Brennan will play key forward or midfield. I guess uh, we'll have to ask her that one ourselves. The Dogs. It's hard because I want to say Isabel Huntington, but will she play every game? That's the thing. If she does then it's probably her. Oh, I think she would. I think she's going to play every game this year. I'd back her in to win it as well. 
they've got or too good actually. Too good. They've got Lachlan. They've got they've got a few options there. They've got a good oh, yeah. good four line of dogs. Lachlan with their seven goal hole. Yep. Uh, and the Eagles, I've got Ashley Atkins at this stage, but I would like to see them a bit more first. Yes. So thank you for that qu- question. It's a good question. Stan. I like that question. Um, I've got one for you Hit. from Bridget. Would you ever change teams? Would I ever change teams? No. Well, I say no. That's such a hard question. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hard. I am a, I'm a, I'm a Collingwood supporter. And this is not hinting at anything at all. Read um, into this. Do not read into this at all. Um, my mindset right now is no, I, w- I wouldn't change teams. I'm a Collingwood supporter. Um, I believe massively in loyalty. Um, I have signed two years with the club. Uh, I missed uh, last season. And um, not that you ever owe anyone anything, but they treated me very well. So I feel like kind of owe the club a season for still investing in me despite being out for um, the duration of the the season last year, so I've signed two years, so um, no, I can't I can't see myself playing anywhere else than Collingwood. She's not going anywhere, Pies fans, but I will work on it, Carlton fans. <laughs> just just leave it with me. Um, any others that you're uh, interested in over there? Any others? They're good. I'll, I'll keep keep yeah. bringing them in. Um, Thank you very much for sending these questions. By the way, keep them generic too. Actually, I mean, more than welcome to ask me individual questions, but. Um, ones that are going to get us talking. One Controversial questions are good. We always like controversial we questions. Like they create for a, a discussion. But I really, James, James, I'm just going to say James because I cannot once <laughs> again say his last name. Um, what was one of the biggest takeaways you had not playing last year? Which is actually um, a good question and one that I probably um, have copped a couple of times. But the more I reflect back on it, um, the biggest thing I, I think I took away from last year was being able to watch the game from a bird's eye view um, allowed me to, I guess, um, analyze body positioning of players. Um, and then watching that from a bird's eye view and then going back and watching my footage, I kind of, um, could see where I needed to position myself a little bit better. So the, the, yeah, the biggest thing I took away from that is how to position your body on the field. Um, you know, when a player's on the boundary, you don't really want to overcommit because the boundary acts as another, I guess, defender or position, um, and also running patterns was pretty big because you never really get the opportunity to watch a game from up high. Um, I mean, the footage you get from behind goals, but yeah, to be able to watch it and focus on players and um, study and critique their running patterns definitely helped with my own game. That's very interesting because obviously I watch games from a non-guy who doesn't play. So you see it completely differently. That's really interesting, I think. That's a good question there from a guy whose name I've already uh, deleted. (laughs) Definitely because I actually barely watched the ball last season because I was more watching what people were doing off the ball. Um, So, yeah, it was very rarely that I did follow, just follow the footy kick for kick because I was more just looking at the patterns behind. You're not going to have to worry about that. (laughs) You're going to play every game this year. We're knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. Um, And you've got your match simulation and all that. So what do you got on for the rest of the week until then? Um, So we we kind of are going to really replicate a game um, as if we're preparing for a game. So we'll have a, a captain's run um, tonight. So tonight being Friday night. And then we will get up and get ready for uh, match sim tomorrow morning um, down at Arden Street at 11 o'clock. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pumped for it. Um, finally put into practice what we've worked hard for um, and hard to to do in the, in the pre-season, um, even the past couple of weeks now. And, 
Yeah, it's only it's coming around so quick, Pond. It is. So and quick. Next week, we will probably, at this stage, be doing our predictions show. Chloe can't give predictions, so she will host, and we will bring in uh, others to help us help us do this. TBD at this stage. But for now, thank you for joining us today. Thank you to the Crows and Ebony Marinoff for giving us some of her time away from doing the washing. <laughs> thank you, Chloe, for coming in. Thank uh, you, Pond. This is going well. Thank you very much everyone for joining us. We will talk to you next week.